All right. So hello, everyone. Welcome to the JW Show. Uh, I'm your host, Joshua Washington, director of Institute for Black Solidarity with Israel. And I have with me today um, a very special guest. Uh, he, he's the, he does a lot of work for the Ethiopian Jewish community and um, brings a lot of awareness and has a lot of information and knowledge to share with us today. Uh, Mr. Naftali Akloum. Naftali, thank you for being here today. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Yes, yes. Um, can you, for our listeners, Naftali, tell me what you do? What is the main thing that you do now? Uh, so I have my social work, which is uh, to bring the story of the Ethiopian Jews to the Israeli society and to Jewish people all over the world. Unfortunately, a lot of people don't know the history and uh, the the suffering that Ethiopian Jews had to do in order to come to Israel. Right. So today I'm uh, giving lectures in Israel and abroad about the story of the Ethiopian Jews and um, it's important that people will know. Right. And you said to to educate other Jewish people. Why why just Jewish people? Why um why why not non-Jews as well? Is, is there a focus? Well, of, uh, well, of course, uh, not Jews as well. But uh, we, we are Jews, and uh, unfortunately, even Jews in America and in Canada and in Europe doesn't know that there are black Jews. Mm. Uh, for them, it's like a surprise. Oh, you are a black Jew. We didn't know. So mm. first, uh, we want the Jews to know that there are black Jews, and it's not only one type of Jew. Right. There is not only a, a, a European white Jew. There is mm. Yemen Jews, there is Indian Jews, and there are Ethiopian Jews. Uh, but of course, it's not only for, it's not only for the Jewish people, but for all kind of people who want to know about the Ethiopian Jews. Mm, right, right. Okay, that's awesome. That's awesome. And how has that been? Uh, how long have you been doing that for? So I used to work in the education system here in Israel. Okay. I was running some project uh, all over the country, and then I saw that the Israeli society doesn't know nothing about the history of the Ethiopian Jews. Mm. Unfortunately, you would find a lot of young people that will say, oh, the Ethiopian Jews, they probably come here to make their life better because they're coming from a third world country like Ethiopia. So they are here maybe because they want to make their life better. And I don't blame those people who think like this because the minister of, edu- uh, the, the minister of education here in Israel uh, does not teach the story of the Ethiopian Jews in mm, school. Mm. So I told myself, listen, Naftali, you have to do something. Right. You have to tell the real story of the Ethiopian Jews. Mm. So I decided to open my social business uh, in the last two years. Uh, okay. So since then, I'm you know, moving from school to school, from organization to organization, telling the story of the Ethiopian Jews. Wow. So you're, you're saying that they're saying that the Ethiopian Jews aren't, they don't exist. So they're not real Jews. They, they, people think that you guys just use that as an excuse to come to Israel to get out of poverty. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, you, wow. you, you would find people that think this way, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow, wow. Um, and how, how has that been for you when you when you travel to different places? Um, is it Do you receive a lot of pushback, or is it more of like people's eyes are being opened, and, and they're, you know do you find that it's it's been pr- productive? Yeah, so at the beginning, I remember that um, I used to go and to volunteer in school to do lectures, like, you know, I wanted people to hear me, so uh, just to get into the 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 the, the market. Uh, okay. And today, I can tell you that many people want to hear more 
about the Ethiopian Jews. Uh, a lot of people feel so sad that they didn't know nothing about the Ethiopian Jews, not only here in Israel, but in America as well. Right. So uh, the more I'm doing it, the more I see that people want to know more, and it brings them joy to know the real story of the Ethiopian Jews. Mm. And could you, Natali, for, for just a, a brief moment, if you can, for our listeners, can you explain how the Ethiopian Jews came to Israel in the first place? If you can, in just a small, in just a little brief moment. Yeah, so um, in 1979, uh, the road for Ethiopian Jews to fulfill their dream to come to Israel opened uh, from Sudan. And one of the people that opened the gate for Ethiopian Jews to come to Israel via Sudan was uh, my late brother, Ferede Aklum. Uh, he was a wanted man in Ethiopia and he had to run. So he ran to uh, Sudan and from Sudan he started to send letters to some Mossad agent that he worked with a few months before in Ethiopia. Uh, somehow this letter arrived to the Prime Minister uh, Menachem Begin table. And uh, he decided to send a Mossad agent to save him from Sudan. And then my brother understood then that uh, maybe there is a way for all the Ethiopian Jews to fulfill their dream if they can come to Sudan. And the journey to Sudan started in 1979. Uh, actually, from 1979 until 1984, 20,000 Ethiopian Jews left their villages from the northern side of Ethiopia, mm. uh, going to the unknown because no one promised them that in the end they will make it to Jerusalem. Right. Unfortunately, on the way, from the 20,000 Ethiopian Jews that left to Sudan, 4,000 Ethiopian Jews died on their way. Mm. Uh, some of them died in Sudan already because they put them in refugee camps. And in those refugee camps every day, between 10 to 20 people died because of the food they gave them, disease. Many Ethiopian Jewish women were raped by Sudanese soldiers and they wow. uh, they made wow. suicide because they felt ashamed. Right. Uh, so this story is a story that a lot of people don't know uh, and I, I, when I check it, I see I don't see another community from the Jewish uh, people mm. that sacrificed so much, like the Ethiopian Jews, just to come to Israel. Mm, mm. Wow, wow, yeah, wow. And and that, that actually brings me to my my next question for you too, because you you mentioned your brother uh, Ferede Aklum who was a pivotal figure in the Ethiopian Jews um, making it right. to Israel. Um, I wanted to ask yeah. you, um, so what, uh, you mentioned it a little bit, but how, how big was his role? Can you, can you explain that for us? Well, I, uh, before that, I will say that uh, we Ethiopian Jews, we have lots of heroes. Uh, we have, uh, of course, Yona Bugale, who was like uh, the leader of the Ethiopian Jews. We have Baruch Tegenia, who did so much in order to bring his people to Israel. My brother role was, uh, he was the one that really uh, understood that there is a way to bring Ethiopian Jews from Sudan. Because uh, in, in the 70s, uh, we had in Ethiopia a, a, a dictator by the name of Mangisto Haile Mariam. And Israel and Ethiopia didn't have diplomatic relationship in the 70s. That's why Ethiopian Jews were not able to leave the country to come to Israel. Uh, so when my brother escaped to Sudan and when the Mossad agent came to save him, my brother was a very smart person and he told himself, listen, I made it to Sudan and from Sudan the Mossad is saving me. Maybe, maybe there is a way to bring all the Ethiopian Jews from Sudan to Israel. 
So then he starts to send letters to all the Jewish villages in the northern side of Ethiopia, telling them, come to Sudan. From Sudan, you will be able to go to Jerusalem. And that was the moment that thousands of Ethiopian Jews started the journey to Sudan. Uh, so in the beginning, it was only a few families. That's why it was very easy for the Mossad because they put them in uh, houses in Khartoum, the capital city in Sudan. Mm. And, uh, you know, they gave them fake passport and some fake documents and flew them from Sudan to Greece and from Greece to uh, Ethiopia. But when thousands of Ethiopian Jews start came, that was, uh, it, it started to be much more difficult. And that's why they put them in a refugee camps. And then um, it led to the Operation Moises in 1984. But my brother role was, uh, and everyone agreed about that, even the government of Israel, because of his letter, the road to Sudan was opened. Mm, wow. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, and you said, so while from, from Sudan to Greece and then from Greece to, to Israel, that was the original thing, right? Yeah, that was in the okay. beginning when okay. just a few families came. But after that... It was, you know, what we saw the Red Sea Diving Resort, and right. then after that, Operation Moses. Right, right. Okay, and I, and I want to talk to you about that too because recently there was a a movie uh, about the Red Sea Diving Resort that that just came out yeah. uh, on Netflix, and um, I I've yeah. been seeing mixed mixed uh, reviews from from different uh, Israelis and Ethiopian Israelis, and I wanted to as as an educator and as someone who goes and and has very deep knowledge about the Ethiopian. Jewish community, I want to ask you, what were your thoughts about the movie? What did you think about it? So, um, the movie uh, tell one side of the story. Uh, as we all can see, the movie tell the story from the Mossad point of view. Mm. And it keeps the narrative of saving the Ethiopian Jews, which is a narrative that we, we believe it's not true, because mm. the one that saved themselves from Ethiopia were the Ethiopian Jews. I mean, people forget uh, that Ethiopian Jews had to leave everything behind, like their house, their land, right. uh, and start a journey of more than 300 miles. Wow. And, uh, and, and, and they are the real heroes. And right. from the movie, the movie show the Mossad agent as the heroes, which they are heroes, of course, mm. but they forgot to show the Ethiopian Jews as heroes. Mm. So... The story show one side of the story, right. and it doesn't show the other side of the story. Mm. But as an educator, I can tell you that one of the main things that I want people to know is that they will start to speak about the Ethiopian Jews. So this movie brings the awareness to, of the story of the Ethiopian Jews. Mm. It gives people uh, uh, the, the, the willing to do research, to ask questions, Right. And things like that. And this is the most important thing for me, mm, mm. because once you have that, you have people that will see the truth in the end. Right. So this movie, uh, like, uh, bring the awareness of the Ethiopian Jews. That's good. It gets the conversation going. Yeah, I mean, for, for me over here, I know a lot of people in the U.S. have no idea that the Ethiopian Jews exist. So this movie, yeah. for a lot of people, were like, I didn't even know they were a people, I didn't, let alone this you know they that they were brought into Israel and and they tried to escape in uh, Ethiopia and um, so yeah I that's that's cool I, and I'm I'm it's 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 good I think or interesting I think that you take have that take on the movie um, and I guess I'm glad for your efforts at least that that it can help you um, 
in yeah. educating. I just, I, I just want to add one more thing as yeah. a black man because I'm black and I'm proud of it. Absolutely. Uh, but you know, when we check the history of black people in mm. the continent of Africa, uh, throughout the whole history, always when black African left the continent of Africa, it was always uh, because of one reason, unfortunately, to be slaves in some other place. Even Absolutely. today, there is a modern slaves of refugees that leaving the continent of Africa to work and to live uh, a decent life in right. some other place in right. Europe. You're the right. first time that black Jews left the continent to be free and to go back to their home, it's with the Ethiopian Jews. And this is what the movie also show about black people, black people right. that left the continent of Africa to go back to their original home mm. as free people, uh, wow. not as wow. slaves. Right, right, right. No, absolutely. And and um, I want to ask you this too, because I, I get asked this a lot and um, talking about the hatred of the Jewish people and, and why why that exists. What was it that, that caused Ethiopian Jews... Besides, besides wanting to go back to Israel anyway, I mean, they, I know that for three thousand years that was their dream. But what was it that that made them leave in the first place? Does that make sense? What made them leave the country of Ethiopia? Absolutely, yeah. Uh, so I don't know if you know, but in Ethiopia, the non-Jews used to call us Falasha. Mm. Okay. Right. Right. So Falasha means a stranger, someone who is not in his land. So mm. in our whole history, people used to call us in Ethiopia Falasha. They always reminded us that it's not our country. And wow. we knew that Ethiopia, it's not our country. We called ourselves Beta Israel, which is the house of house. Israel. Right, right. To remind ourselves that we belong to the people of Israel. Mm. So we knew that Ethiopia, it's not our place. We knew mm. that one day will come. And we will go back home to Jerusalem. Mm. And when that opportunity came, you know, uh, we had to go. And, um, you know, the Ethiopian Jews have a special and unique holiday called the Sigd. Mm, right. uh, we celebrated uh, 50 days after Yom Kippur. Okay. And in that holiday, we asked God just one more thing, just one thing, to bring us back home to Jerusalem. Mm. So in 1979, when, it's, when the opportunity came, to fulfill that dream, I mean, people didn't hesitate, and and they 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 just start to walk. Uh, wow. In hopefully that in the end they will make it to Jerusalem. Wow! And I'm glad that most of the people did make it and came. And uh, unfortunately, you know, we lost four thousand Ethiopian Jews. Right. But the reason was that we knew that Ethiopia it's not our own country, and Jerusalem it's the country that we belong to. Right. Right. Absolutely. That's the reason. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're going to take a short break. Uh, we'll be right back in just a moment. Uh, Naftali, thank you. Thank you so much. That is what I heard them say. Way back in the day. How be buried in my
Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the JW Show. Again, I'm your host, Joshua Washington, the director of Institute for Black Solidarity with Israel. And I have Naftali Akloum with me. Thank you again for being here, Naftali. Yeah, thank you for having me. Um, yes, and um, I want to continue talking for a second about the Red Sea Diving Resort, the movie. Um, I just wanted to ask you, yeah. because because your brother, uh, Ferede Akloum, was portrayed in the movie. Um, and right. as as someone who's who was related to him and all that, what what was your what were your thoughts about his portrayal? Um, how did they portray him? Did they do a good job, or or do you not think so? Well, uh, you know, because I know my brother and I know what he did and what kind of person he was. Mm. Uh, first, I would say that Michael K. Williams is lucky to even play my brother. <laughs> uh, yeah, really, because you know my brother have a real story. Mm. And he did amazing stuff in his life. But right. unfortunately, again, because of how the movie was, right. uh, just one side telling the Mossad story, it doesn't really show the real uh, of Ferede Aklum. Because my brother was not someone that was, you know, he he was leading. He was not, no one uh, told him what to do and, you know, things like that. He mm. was the smart person in Sudan. Without him, the Mossad agent were lost. Mm. So uh, he was like the real man in Sudan. And in the movie, you don't really get to see that, mm. you know? Right, right. And uh, mm. so, again, uh, I don't think it showed my brother in a, a 100% the way he was. Right, And right. the way he acted mm. in Sudan. Right. Uh, and um, even Michael K. Williams, which is a great uh, actor, uh in the movie, it shows like uh, my brother is sometimes weak, right. which he was not, mm. and uh, mm. he was not. He was very strong and tough, right. and uh, you know uh, he knew exactly what he's doing. Right. Uh, so, so again, it's it's uh, bring me back to the to how uh, they uh, wanted to show the movie to the world from what point of view, right. and it's the Mossad point of view. Mm. Right. Right. Right, absolutely. No, I definitely hear you. And um, okay, I want I want to now ask you. Um, let's talk about the Ethiopians, uh, Ethiopian Israelis. Um, in your yeah. in your view, what is if you can give a, a kind of a general answer, and then I'll ask you some more questions. But what is the state of Ethiopian Israelis now in Israel? So. Uh, today we have 150,000 Ethiopian Jews live in Israel. It's less than 2% of the Israeli population. Mm. Uh, I mean, I would say the biggest challenge of the Ethiopian Jews is uh, fighting against racism and discrimination and police brutality. Mm. Unfortunately, mm. the racism and discrimination, it's a worldwide problem and it didn't skip the country of Israel. Mm. Even though we live among our brothers and sisters, right. So today, what the Ethiopian Jews are dealing with on a every day, uh, uh, on every day, it's uh, uh, fighting against police brutality, racism, and discrimination. Mm. Mm. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And um, for you, as an Ethiopian Jew, um, what do you see as the biggest, um, what's the biggest obstacle for you uh, as someone who's an educator and um, 
when you're making these connections, do you see some of that racism when you travel and when you when you speak or what what is it that you you have to often overcome when you're talking about the Ethiopian Jews? Well, I'm lucky. You know, I in my life lots of things happened to me. Mm. But but when I when I was 30, which was 10 years ago, something important happened in my life. I complete my identity as a person because I'm I'm a Jew, I'm an Israeli and I and I'm a black man. Mm. And I, I I was not always a proud black man. Uh it, mm. it happened to me only 10 years ago when I did Roots Three back to Ethiopia. Oh wow. And then I realized how uh, how proud I was supposed to be to be part of this country, to be part of this continent, to be part of this race of black people. And wow. Once when I came back, I felt much more proud of my identity mm. and I accepted my identity as Jew, as an Israeli and, and, and as a black man. Black is beautiful. Mm, and when you have your identity complete, you know who you are. You know, you're worth something. So every mm. time you see uh, someone who is racist to you, he feels sorry for him because it's your loss, brother. It's not my loss. Right. I know who I am. Right. Right. You know, so for me, I don't I don't today. I don't get to see racism. I don't. You know, I really feel sorry for those people. Mm. But for young people in my community who have still identity problems, uh, they act different when they see racism. They, they, you know, they are embarrassed. They are crying. They are uh, feeling uh, lonely. Uh, so wow. today what I'm doing is working more with the Ethiopian youth to strengthen their identity. Wow. Because I know that it will affect on them when they will meet racism in the street. Right, right. That's powerful. So, yeah. how, what what does that come from? Do you or what do you think anyway? The the identity uh, crisis you say that the the youth face. What what is that coming from? Yeah, well, uh, I grew up in a neighborhood that her vast majority are Ethiopian Jews, even not, something like ninety percent. Wow. The school that I went had the same amount, ninety percent Ethiopian Jews. So we, as a key, as kids, we never saw uh, 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 and mingle with the Israeli society. Uh, and I grew up in a neighborhood that her, uh, most of the people are from low economic status and you have, and, and when you put a lot of people from low economic status in one neighborhood, you create a neighborhood that will have drugs, alcohol, violence, mm. all the negative things. Right, right. Uh, so I remember as a kid, sometimes people used to call us Negro Samba and things like that. Oh, wow. Uh, so I didn't like the color of my skin. Uh, I mean, I was asking God, why did you brought me to this world as a black man if it ain't easy to live as a black man in a country that wow. a vast majority are white? Wow, wow. So I didn't like that part of me. Right. Uh, I, you know, I, was, I wanted really to be part of the Israeli society. And, and, and that brings you to identity problem because you black, no, no matter what will happen, this is the first thing that people see right. before Judaism before your nationality, it's your race. This right. is what people see, mm. and you cannot hide it. Right. And right. Uh, the minute I understood that, I told myself, okay, this is me. I'm black, I'm Jew, I'm Israeli. Uh, I need to know more about my blackness, about um, me as an African. So mm. you will find today a lot of young Ethiopian here in Israel listening to reggae music and why because reggae music is the music 
that teach them about their history mm. as a black people. Right, right. That belongs to the continent of Africa because no one teaches us in school about, you know, uh, Marcus Garvey, right. about great leaders in Africa. Mm. And this is something that we miss. Right. So I started listening to reggae music, and reggae music brought me uh, to understand more my origin. You know, mm, uh, as mm. Marcus Garvey say, a man without the knowledge of his past origin and culture is like a tree without roots. So, right, right. Yeah, that's why. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That that is powerful. That is that is very powerful. Um, Thank you. Yeah. No, I, I that I love that. It's awesome. And I, I, let's. I want to in that same vein. I want to ask you because I know earlier this summer there was a big um, controversy. There's a big unfortunately a terrible thing that happened uh in israel yeah. with uh solomon taka who is a, a ethiopian israeli who was who was shot and killed by an, an off-duty uh police officer in israel right um right. and there's been a lot of uproar about that and and protesting and um different articles on both sides both in the pro-israel space and in the anti-israel space people have been trying to use it to to make yeah. claims about Israel and yeah. other people are bringing light to it. Um, what, when you first, well, first of all, what, what was your initial feeling when you, when you, when you read about this, when you first found out about it? Well, I was, I was sad. Um, and I, I was sad because again, you know, we're trying to do to do something here in in in, in our society. We're trying mm. to change. We're trying because we love Israel. You know, we, I love my country, mm. and all Ethiopian Jews love Israel. And we don't have any other country. This is our country. Right. And you know, sometimes in society you have problems, and you want to fix them. Mm. And you start to do something, and then something happened, and then you say, "Okay, yeah, it's happened. Okay, never mind. Let's let's start again." And then you you do and you do and you do, and this come up, and you feel like you're not doing anything. Mm. Uh, so, you know, the case with Solomon Teka, may you rest in peace. I hope that it will be the last case, uh, and I, I believe that if we want to change. Um, and fight against racism and discrimination, and we have to we have to say it. It's not it's a minority in our society. You know, it's very important to say that mm. it's not it's not it's not the whole people. It's not the government. Right. It's a minority within our society. Mm. And if we want to fight against that, we have to educate the people. You know, I'm, I believe that education is the key. I mean, I'm sure. We will not delete racism and discrimination from the world. But right. what we can try to do is to minimize cases of racism and discrimination. And this is what I'm trying to do. Mm. I know that if I would educate people and tell them who we are, because if you look at Israel as a country that you have people from all over the world, we have people from Australia, from America, from Russia, from Poland, Germany, India, South America, South Africa, mm. name it. We have it here. So you right. have lots of people right. with different cultures from different parts of the world. But the biggest problem is that we don't know each other. Mm. You know, wow. I know that you came from Morocco, but I don't know your history. Mm. You know that I came from Ethiopia, but you don't know my history. Right. So when people don't know 
a lot about the other, then you have stereotypes and all those kind of things. Right. Uh, right. So I believe that the more we will know each other in this in, in, in the country of Israel, this is the best way to create a society that will be much more respectful to each other and, and, and will understand each other. Mm. So, yeah. Wow. And do you think that there is... So, let me ask you this. And, I'm sorry, go ahead. Did you have something else? No, no. I just wanted to say that, uh, yeah, education is the key to change what we are fighting against those days. So, is there, there's hope then, you would say, in Israel? for these communities there is what there's hope yeah yeah i mean I, I think that we have yeah i know america is a country that have people from all over the world as well right. so think about america mm. uh, uh take it to israel small country we have plenty of people from all over the world you know all right. over the world right i believe that even more than what you have in the state mm. really wow in terms of uh, uh, countries that people are coming from represented yeah yeah Naftali I want to thank you again for for being here and, and showing giving us this your perspective in the work that you do um, is there a way that we can uh, follow you or, or look you up can you can you tell us a little bit about that yeah so first there is my website uh, www.jewsofethiopia.com uh, okay. And of course, my Facebook, it's uh, Naftali Aklum, which I, uh, you know, uh, put all my work over there, pictures and places that I'm visiting. Uh, I'm visiting a lot in the States, so uh, try to catch me up next time I'm coming. And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, my email, of course, Naftali Aklum at, ho- at uh, gmail.com. Uh, if you want to know more, uh, if you want to buy books about the Ethiopian Jews, uh, that's something that I can provide. And uh, yeah, thank you for giving me the opportunity to spread uh, uh, the, the, the story of my community to the world and to your listeners. And may God bless you. Thank you so much. And God bless you as well, Naftali. I, I really appreciate it. Thank you all for listening to The JW Show. Once again, I'm your host, Joshua Washington, and I'm signing off. Mm-hmm.